Okay, we are small but mighty this morning. I want you to know this. This is actually like quite perfect because today's topic and content as we finish up Crazy Like Us is probably best suited as a conversation. And it, it, this is going to feel very conversational. It might not feel like much of a sermon, actually. Um, and in a sense, I, I'm excited by today because this, the, what we're going to talk about is kind of intimate for us as a church. Um, am I on? Check one, two, three. One, two, one, two. Check one, two, one, two. Um, so what we're going to do is, we don't need a mic. I can just yell. We can all move front. Um, Here's, here's, here's how I want to start. I'm, I'm excited about this, but before that, show of hands, um, how many of you have watched the news, looked at the news, um, looked at the, the violence and the hate and the hunger and the war, the things happening in this world, and, and just felt overwhelmed? Honestly, let's do a show of hands. How many of you have, have looked around and you're like, I, I, I I, oh, is there something I can do? I wish I, there was something I could do. I don't know what I can do. I feel overwhelmed. Um, I feel like there's times where because of what, ha- you know, like what's going on around us. I mean, you watch the news and it's like, it, you feel helpless. It's just these things just keep happening. Um, and there's so much hurt and there's so much agony in the world out there. And then, then, and then we know personal stories in, in here. I mean, uh, my, my family, my extended family had a really rough week and it's it just, it can be overwhelming at times, can't it? Um, what if, what if we could do more? What if we, what if there was a way, this, this last part of Crazy Like Us is talking about, what if there's a way that we don't need to feel as helpless? What if there was something we could do? There's, there's some things that we could do together as a church to, to strike back, to take back ground that has been lost through violence, through hate, through hunger, through war. What if there were some vital things that we can do, even as a small church, that could change that? What if... Um, what if you could raise, if, if you're a parent in the room, what if, you could, if, if you're raising kids, what if you could raise your kids in such a way that they're not naive to what's going on in the world, they're not ignorant to, to the, the trials of the world, but it, you raise them to be fierce adults that, that know what to do. Wouldn't that be awesome? What if we could do more? It's that more that I want to talk about today uh, as we wrap up Crazy Like Us. And, and, and here's my, the big idea for, for today. Sometimes, sometimes I just like to put the big idea like right in the front of the sermon just so you know exactly what I want you to know and, and you don't miss it. Everybody look at me. I believe that we are perfectly positioned for impact in this world. I believe at the core of, of who I am, and, and this, is, this is actually, part of this belief is what helped us to start a church in Evergreen, was I believe that we are perfectly positioned for impact in this world, in a hurting world. Look at me again, look at me. Please don't miss this. I believe you are perfectly positioned 
for impact. I believe that you are in a position some in, 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 with where you're at at work, in life, with who you see, the people that surround you, the resources that have been give, given to you. I believe that you are perfectly placed for impact in this world. And in order to reach that, the full potential of that impact, it's going to take generosity, right? And that's what, if you're new to us, this, that's what this series, Crazy Like Us, is, is, is about. It's at its heart. It's about generosity. And you and I growing and committing to grow in generosity as individuals and as a church. For, for us to, to become more and more generous people. And generosity, we've, we've said from the beginning, it goes far beyond our money, although it does include our money. For us to be generous with our time, our resources, our creative energy. For, and and, and to, to be generous with the people around us. And that's what it's going to take. And I believe that you are perfectly placed for impact. But that impact is going to require you to be a generous person. And that's what we've talked about through the series is developing you as a generous person. It's going to require you to be generous. And it's going to require you to be a little crazy. It's going to require you to do things that, are, that seem a little crazy at times. To wrap up, there's, we're going to do two things with the rest of our time. First off, I wanted to, to spend some time encouraging you, if you are a Jesus follower, if you are a follower of Jesus, a Christian, if you consider yourself a Christian, I want to encourage you uh, to be crazy like him. We're going to look at Jesus and some of the things that he did, one, of the, one, of, uh, one specific point in particular. And I'm going to encourage you to be crazy like him as we finish up crazy like us. It just seemed like a fitting end to end with Jesus. And then the, the, the last thing I'm going to do at the end of the sermon that I'm really excited about is um, I'm going to invite you to be crazy with us. Like I said in the beginning, this, this, is, a, this is good to be a conversation because um, it's, it's kind of like, like at the end, I'm going to bring you on the inside track on, on where we're thinking, what we're thinking about as a church and some of the ways that we can do something to offset some of the hurt, the pain, the suffering in this world. And we're really, really excited about it. So I'm going to bring you into that. Ju I'm going to do just those two things. Here's the thing. This is going to be a short sermon. This is going to be like, like okay, so last, so, so just so you guys know, I have to run, um, it used to be one mile for every minute, over 40 minutes on a sermon. And they made it two because it obviously something, it wasn't working or something like that. So they doubled it. Uh, so just so you know, last, from two weeks ago, I had to run 18 miles. You do the math. Um, yeah, it was awesome. It was fantastic. You know, people ask me, like, Josh, how do you stay so skinny? I say, I just keep talking. And they're like, they don't know what I'm talking about. But, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited because today is going to be short. It's going to be sweet, and it's going to be the heart of, of who we are and what we do. Can you turn that down just a little bit? I'm, it's kind of hot up here. Um, here's, here's the thing. So we're, I want to encourage you to be crazy like Jesus. Um, Jesus did a lot of things that seem crazy uh, to people uh, at the time. He told stories that nobody understood a lot of times, 50-50, they would understand what he was saying, but he told them anyway. There was, time, there was one time where he told, there's a huge crowd of people there, and he said some things that literally they just all left. And his disciples are like, are you crazy? We, we need people, like, you know, you're trying to start a movement, Jesus. Like, you want people to follow you, and, and he just kind of kept doing his thing. Um, you know, he did crazy things. He spent more time with outcasts than he did with influencers. 
Um, and that got him into trouble sometimes, and um, he, he did some crazy things. And t- today we're going to look at one of those crazy, th- th- those times. I think it's one of these times where his disciples would have looked at him like, are you crazy? Um, and that's found in, in Matthew chapter 9. You can ch- turn there if you have your Bibles, and starting in, in verse 35. And Matthew um, r- sets up, Matthew's one of, of Jesus' disciples, one of his followers that years later sat down and wrote, down what it was like to follow and what he observed happening. And, and, and so Matthew writes this in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. He says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness, which could kind of like that statement right there is like, that kind of summarizes what Jesus did for three years. He went through all these different towns. He taught. He proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God. He talked about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. That was his primary message, this li- telling, trying to help people see what the kingdom of God is like. And then another hallmark of Jesus' time here on earth was he just healed people. I mean, there's, there's times where it's like, the, the gospel writers, the, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, wrote and said he just brought tons of people. Like everybody brought their sick and their, their um, you know, uh, their infirmed. I can't think of another word, so I'll just keep moving. But he brought, they brought them to him, and he just healed them all. And so he's doing that here. Um, check it out, verse 36. When he, meaning Jesus, saw the crowds... He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So in other words, we don't know the details. Matthew doesn't tell us what was happening, but basically Jesus looked out on the crowd of people. And I'm guessing Jesus saw something kind of like what we see when we look at the news or we look around us and we like, he saw this multitude of people and he just, you know, he, he saw that they're helpless, h- harassed, and helpless. Helpless. Maybe Jesus looked out on a cr- crowd and he saw brokenness. And he saw inequality. He saw discrimination. He saw abuse. He saw people uh, being oppressed. And, and his response to that, seeing the crowd, the multitude of people, this broken world, this, you know, like us, you know, like the, the world that we live in, this is the same world. Jesus saw that crowd, and he saw how bad it was, and he had compassion on them. And, and then Jesus says this, and, and I, I picture, like, I was thinking about it this week. It's almost like, I wonder if there was, like, a scene, like something bad happened where, where the inequalities or the discrimination or the racism really came out in this crowd and then Jesus, you know, he, he sees this harassed and helpless people like sheep without a shepherd. And then he turns to his disciples and he says something that I think they probably thought were crazy. In, in response to the multitude, Jesus turns to his disciples. He says, guys, look, look at this multitude. He says this. He says, the harvest is plentiful. The workers, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send workers out into the harvest field. This is really important, and, and maybe I want to make sure we don't miss this. Do you know what God sees when he looks at all of us, or the world we live in, and he sees all of the brokenness? Do you know what God sees? He sees a harvest. 
That's what Jesus, I, I, I think like when, when the disciples heard Jesus say, look, there's a harvest. They're like, that's not a harvest. That's, that's, that's a conundrum. That's, that's a problem. That's something that like, what do you, I mean, the sordid crowds, what do you do with all of these people that are hurting and lost? And you know, like, what do you, Jesus like, no, 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 no. That's not how I look at that. When I look at the crowds and all of their brokenness, I see a harvest. And see, in an in agricultural culture, in a, in a setting like theirs, the harvest was like one of the best times of year. That was payday, right? If you're a farmer, you're waiting for the harvest and you're praying, it doesn't, you're praying that it doesn't hail. You're praying that, you know, that the bugs don't hit you before you can get the harvest in. And, what G is, and, and what, uh, that's an exciting day for a farmer. I've been in the Midwest, in the, the Great Plains in, in the fall, and there's just this buzz. Have you ever grown up in, in that kind of agricultural setting? The harvest is a big deal. And Jesus says, hey, disciples, follow my followers, I want you to see something here. You see these crowds? You see all these problems? That, to me, is a harvest. That to, I look at that, and that's payday. I look at that, and there's extreme value, if you could see it that way. I want to make something really clear right here, right now. For Jesus, broken people were not problems. For Jesus, they were treasures. And, and if, you know, if you know this, if you've ever read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you know that Jesus welcomed people who were nothing like him. People who were broken. People who were like straight up needy. People flocked to him, and, and he wasn't like, I guess you can come in. He was like, no, I, 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 he, he went to them as well. For Jesus, broken people weren't problems. They were treasures. They were his delight. They were extreme value. He looked at them and said, there's the harvest. And, and, and some of you came here this morning just to hear what I'm about to say. For Jesus, brokenness is not a problem. For Jesus, emptiness is not a problem. If you feel broken, if you feel empty, for Jesus, that is not a problem. In his eyes, he sees it as an opportunity. Because he knows that when we're broken, when we're empty, that's a chance for God to fill us up. That when we're empty and when we're broken, those are the times, catch this, that's the times when we pray, isn't it? I mean, you might not even consider yourself all that much of a praying person, but you can remember times in your life where you were broken and you were at the end of your rope and what did you do? You prayed. And maybe God filled you up in that brokenness. Maybe he used that emptiness to fill you up. See, for Jesus, brokenness is not a problem. It's an opportunity and he was trying to get, he's like, guys, I, I want you to see this. I want you, do you see how I see this? Disciples, you see these crowds, you see these problems? What a treasure. What a harvest. What an opportunity for us. It's different, isn't it? It's a little bit, of, it's a little bit crazy. But see, that's, that's, when God looks at the world, when he looks at people, when he looks at you, he looks at things differently than we typically do. And he invites us in to come and see it his way. 
he invites us in. He's, he, said, he says this. Let's look at this again. He says, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest field. Guys, I'm going, I'm going over there. If you want to come and be part of the harvest, be part of this great occasion, this great day where, we, where you get to, to be with broken people, it'll be great. Come with me. Basically, I feel like Jesus was saying to, to his disciples that day, boys, I believe that you are perfectly positioned and there's a harvest field. You are harvesters and there's a big harvest out there. And see, I want, look, again, my goal for today is, is for us to encourage you, if you're a follower of Jesus, for, to encourage you to be crazy like him, to look at the people around you differently to look at the brokenness in the world and not see brokenness, but to see treasure and opportunity like Jesus did. And there's a warning. When you start to see the world that way, when you start to see people that way, it causes you to do crazy things. And in Jesus, you know, if to follow Jesus in this regard means that you'll hang out with the wrong people, you'll stick your neck out for people who are nothing like you, You'll make yourself available to people who are extremely needy, straight up. Like, that's just what Jesus did all the time. And if we're following him, like, like we want we, a lot of us would say, I want to follow Jesus. And one of the ways that we follow Jesus is we take up the cause of the poor and the powerless. If you read, I sat down and read um, the, the Gospel of Luke straight through this week, just kind of looking at this. I was amazed at how much. This is what Jesus did, is just lifting up the poor and the powerless. And I, I want to encourage you to grow as individuals in that. The people around you need you. There is a harvest around you. And that doesn't, what's so cool about this is it doesn't matter what you do. It's not one of those things, well, like once I get here, I'll have influence. Listen, listen, listen. You have influence. There is somebody in this, your sphere of influence who, who is broken who needs you. And, and, and if we do that as individuals, Jesus is saying, it, it would say, it's better over here. Come with me. Let, it's, going into the harvest is right where you want to be. I want to encourage you to do this as in, individuals. Because as we come together as a church, like, like, so we, here, we talked about being crazy like he is, like Jesus is. Now I want to invite you to be crazy with us. Um, what I'm about to talk to you about is through and through CLC. This is something we've been praying about for years. Even before our, the doors were open, we were, we were wondering if, if maybe God might lead us in this direction. And so this is an important conversation and an important time in the life of our church, I believe. Right now, um, we as, as elders, as staff, um, have been praying about making two things our causes. Picking two causes, two things um, that are wrong in this world. And then as a church, using our resources to collectively just go after them. And see, here's, here's why I get excited about this. Is for people who feel overwhelmed, we all raised our hands, as 
people who feel really overwhelmed as to like, like what can I do? See, see good people don't do th- good things wh- be- for two reasons. I heard this said once. People don't give and they're not generous because they don't know what to give to and they don't know who to trust. Isn't that true? Like there, those times when you're sitting there and you're, you're seeing the faces of children and you have war-torn countries and you're like, yeah, I wish if I could do something, but I don't even know where to start, right? The idea of these causes that we're praying about as a church right now, narrowing down on, is, is what, if, if we pick these causes as a church and we put them at the center of our generosity as a church, what that does for you and for me is that those times when we feel overwhelmed, there's something we can do. Because as a church, what we want to do is pick these causes and then, pick, and, then, and then we will work hard to make sure that, that there's things that you can do to be a part of those causes, to fight against them. See, right now, I'm getting ahead of myself. Right now, the things that are, are like kind of make us, us pound our fist on the table as a church and say, that's not right. There's a few of them that we're just praying about and eventually we want to pick two. But we're, we're having conversations right now about what would it mean if CLC fought against modern slavery? What if we took up the fight against, for the 21 million people in this world that are forced into slave labor, into trafficking, then that's all over the world. But, you know, I, I've been dismayed to learn in the last couple of years how much of that is actually going on right here at the I-25 and I-70 junction and corridor. There's a lot of human trafficking going on. What if we, as a church, decided to focus our efforts on something like that? And so w- that, that's not right. We're going to do something about it. What if we, what if we made lifestyle changes what if we, uh, last year we did a scatter church where we talked about some of the industries that are notorious for s- putting people into slavery? What if, we f- what if we spoke up against those industries? What if we stopped patronizing those industries? Well, what if we made some simple lifestyle changes and then asked other people to join us on it? What might we do to fight modern slavery together? Another one that, that we've, we talk about a lot is, is just we have a heart and a passion for freedom for prisoners. The, the word freedom means a lot to us, but in this case, like the, the, the idea that there's over 2 million prisoners. Some of you were at the, the Scatter Church event uh, a couple months ago where we, we had prison fellowship come in. And it's this vicious cycle for a, 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 a large, like a 1% of our population is in jail, prison right now. And they're caught in this cycle. What if, what if we did something to, to bring freedom for prisoners? The, another thing that kind of just brings tears to our eyes is, is the idea of, of, of hungry people, especially hungry children around the world. 17,000 children die a day from hunger. In a world that can sustain probably twice as many people as we have in it right now, people are dying of hunger. And that, that actually has gone down a lot in the last 20, 30 years, if you followed that. There used to be like 25,000 children a day. What if we took up the cause and we helped make sure that it was less and less every year? What if we did that? See, we, these, these causes, whatever, and what, just so you know, I'm going to ask you to join us in praying for these causes. If you consider this your home church, 
we want you to, to, to take up this, this prayer, this, uh, take up prayer with us as we kind of ask the Lord, where do you want us to fight? We have resources. What, what, even though we feel small, even though we feel helpless, the harvest is great. Jesus, the way he looked at the world was those, that brokenness is actually an opportunity for us to bring in and to care, and we can do something. And, and what's cool is like, yes, by yourself, it feels very lonely. By yourself, it, it, it's, it's, it's overwhelming, right? But what about together? Listen, 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 listen. If you're a parent, see, what if we picked two of these and we made it our thing? What if, it is, if you're a parent raising kids, what if, what if those two causes became your family's causes? And at the dinner table, and in, at, at your prayers with your kids at night, you're, you're praying for these things. You're praying for people. You're praying for, for names. What if we could teach your kids, what if we could teach my kids how to take up a cause? That's what the world needs, right? It needs powerful people. What if we as a church were pro at raising up powerful kids? Ooh, I just got chills. What if we as a church made those two things the center of our generosity, whether that be money, whether that be time, whether it be creative energy, what if we made that the focus of our scatter churches? That's what we got excited about a couple months as we started praying about this. Is like, guess what? Like, like next, next month you're going to hear about it. We're going to go to the Evergreen Rodeo and help out there and volunteer there. It's going to be really fun. So there, we're, and we're always going to do things like that because we're for Evergreen. Like that's, our, that's like definitely our cause as a, as a church is we're for Evergreen. We love this town. We love the mountains. But what if, what if like half the time we did things for Evergreen and half the time with Scatter Church we went and we fought against these things? And sometimes it's like, okay, for Scatter Church today, you know, we're not going to go and do something. We're going to come in and invite your friends to come and learn about this issue. Let's become aware of these things. What if, like, like seriously, what if it was this process of discovery over the years to come? Like these causes, what if these causes were ours for, like, for forevermore? These are our things. And as it, you've, you attend with us, the months and the years pass. You become more and more informed and more and more powerful to fight against these things. See, if, if you call CLC home, as these causes make themselves known to us as to what they are, we'll know in the coming months, I'm convinced that we'll have, we'll have a very clear idea of what these should be and how we, we can fight. See, what if, what if, if you're, this is your home, we're ask, here's what we're asking. We're asking you for to, make, to make a place in your heart for these things. We're asking you to, to allow yourself to be broken for this brokenness. See, so much more than just going to church on Sunday. It's, it's, it's this process of discovery as we, we give our money, our time, our hearts, our very hearts to what, God, what, to what makes us pound our fists on the table, what brings tears to our eyes, and we fight against it together. What if, we talked about it in our life groups, what if, um, what if and, and I, I get excited about this, what if we could invite people outside CLC outside, you know, maybe they don't believe what we believe, but you know that they care about this thing, and, and you're able to say, 
I know church might not be your thing, but please come and join us. Please come and like, like come check this out because I think there's something you can do and I think that you might want to get involved. See, what if we fought? What if we burned against these injustices? Just a warning. It's going to cost us something to do this. On, on, a, on a personal level, I just, like I said, it's going co- it's to take your heart. We're going to ask for your, your spare time, your energy, um, your creative energy. It, it might cut into your time, your hobbies, <laughs> as you find yourself getting involved. Um, honestly, these, these things might actually get us into trouble as well. Um, as I was reading Luke this week, I said, I read through Luke, which, by the way, if you've never, if like you're new to Bible study, one of the best things you can do is pick one of the, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and, and it's, it's all about the life of Jesus. Pick one and, and carve out an hour. It's, it, if nothing else, it's grade A entertainment. Like, like get, carve out an hour and, and, and just mark in your Bible, this is what I did this last week, I marked in my Bible a T every time Jesus got into trouble for something. It's really entertaining, actually. He got in trouble a ton. And he got in trouble for a lot of different things, for being sassy and for being late and falling asleep and, you know, like that kind of stuff. He got in trouble for some of those. But overwhelmingly, if you look at what he got in trouble for, he got in trouble for other people. I get in trouble all the time <laughs> for myself, like, like for being late, for, you know, <clears throat> for sleeping in, for, you know, whatever, for, oh, for I forgot this. Like, that's different, you know. But Jesus, when he got in trouble, the majority of the time is because he stuck his neck out for somebody else. And what we want to drive you towards, just as a warning, if, you, if you're thinking about making this your church, you need to know this. Through our scattered churches and through gathered churches, we will drive you towards, listen, if you're following Jesus Christ, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, it's going to cost you something. There's going to be times where you lose face, potentially because you're hanging out with the wrong people. It's going to cost you because it might cost your reputation. It might cost your money. It might cost your time. It might cause people to look at you and say, that's crazy what you're doing right now. But welcome to being a follower of Jesus. Welcome to being crazy like him. Come be crazy with us. And honestly, I think it'll cost us as as a church. It'll cost us we were talking about this this week, but um, it means that, that this, chan- this church might not be all that fancy. Now, and, and I know like we started in a basement and then we moved up to, to a, above a pizza joint and stuff like that, but like that's, that's kind of our style. We want to have some sort of, we want to have a grittiness to who we are so that we can be generous towards others. Um, it's going to cost us but it's worth it because the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few and we can join God where he's already at work. I want to, there's two, two things I want to do and I'll close. One, one's this. Um, speaking about Jesus uh, getting into trouble for other people, I have a generosity test for you. This, is, this isn't a fail-proof proof test, but it might help you to kind of think about where you're at in this whole generosity scheme of things. 
When was the last time that you got in trouble for somebody else? When's the last time that you lost something because of your generosity towards somebody else? You lost face. You, you, you got, like Jesus was, people sneered at what he was doing a lot of times. They muttered be, to be beneath their breath. They, they, when was the last time being generous towards somebody else cost you something? When was the last time you got in trouble doing it? it it's an interesting thing to think about. Because that, that's, that's a form of generosity. Is, is putting your neck out for somebody else. It'll cost you something. And that's what I want to drive us towards. Last thing. Um, this last thing we're going to do is, is I want to invite you guys into something sacred for us as a church. Matthew 9.38, which we just read, is the very first verse that we looked at together as a church way before we started the church. It was the first official meeting of Colorado Life Church. There was like 12 or 15 of us in the room. And we just dreamed, we, 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 we read this verse and we said, we are people that have a burden, that, that, that are asking the Lord to send us into the harvest and to... Um, bring others to, to send into the harvest. Th- that, that verse has a very close, it's close to our heart as a church. One of the things that we did early on, and some, some of us still do this, w- we set an alarm on our phone for 938 that w- goes off every day to remind us to pray and ask the Lord for, um, to send workers into the harvest. Today, I want to give you a chance to join us on that. That's something like, like we haven't talked about in a while. It's something that I want to kind of reinstate as a church. So I encourage you, open up your phone. I know you're in church. I know it's a sermon. Feel free to open your phone. Set an alarm for 9.38. You can do for 9.38 a.m., 9.38 p.m. I know some of you are asleep by 9.38 p.m., so you can choose 9.30 a.m. Some of you might not even be up by 9.30 a.m. I don't know. Choose which one you want. And would you, would you join us in praying and making that a prayer? And honestly, like, like most phones, you can just tell it, hey, set an alarm for this time every day. And you can name it, you know, the 938 prayer or the harvest prayer or the CLC prayer. But when that, that alarm goes off, I want you to pray with us, Lord, send us. Lord, send me. And then I want you to pray, Lord, bring others. That's simply when that alarm goes off every day, I want you to just take a second, pause whatever you're doing, and join us. We'll do this together. It'll be cool. Lord, send me. Lord, send us. Lord, bring others. Because honestly, we feel overwhelmed. We see the hurt. We see the brokenness in the world. And there, are, there is things we can do. But we need to go. We need to be generous. So will you join us in praying for that? We're going to take a couple minutes here. I'm going to pray. Uh, I want to just leave a two or three minute time of just to let you reflect and pray. Maybe even open your phone and, and set that alarm if you think that's the best use of your, your time right now to make sure that happens.
But let's, let's, let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord, I thank you for these people that I love. There's no place I'd rather be right now than with these people in this room dreaming about what you might do through us. I pray that you would make us mighty. I pray that you would break our hearts for what breaks your heart. Lord, that you would help focus our efforts so that we're not just going here and there and doing a little bit and not random acts of kindness. No, we want so much more than that. We want focused, fierce energy towards the brokenness in our world. And we know that you want that as well. And we know that you are with us. So just take a couple minutes and, and quiet your heart and ask God to, to, to fill up your heart with, with that, that vision with a little bit of fire. Lord, would you be with us in the months to come as we narrow down on our causes, our two causes. I'm confident, Lord, you will lead us. Um, and then once we find those two things, Lord, would you help us to be a church that, that puts our hearts and our backs into it? Thank you, Lord. Thanks for this time. Thank you for this space. Thanks for the songs we're about to sing. Thanks for putting a song in our hearts. Amen. You may stand.